Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host Mark and joining me for the first time, we got Tonda. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, uh, you can just call me Tony if you're comfortable, but yeah, I'm Tony, uh, Tunda or on Discord, but just call me Tuna. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm loving your accent. I can't wait to hear you read some 40k lore. Uh, where are you from? How long have you been doing 40k? Uh, I'm from the Czech Republic, and I've been doing 40k for like five months, I guess. I oh, haven't okay. actually been doing. I haven't actually been doing 40k. I've only been doing kill teams. Yeah, but I've been listening to a lot of lore, and like I've listened to a lot of episodes of Lorehammer, but I'm still like a bit above like half of, of the episodes yeah, and yeah. Uh, today I listened to my first uh, listen lore episode like the chan- channel listen lore this yeah. one and uh, that was because I was preparing to do this <laughs> so. yeah I and sent I, you I, episode 50 Yeg, uh, uh and it's uh, about exodites in this great tree that like spans the galaxy or spans the solar system so cool yeah yeah it's awesome uh i haven't actually listened to a lot of eldar lore other than the episodes i'm going chronologically uh but uh this actually made me interested in eldar a bit more i (laughs) I love love... yeah i think that a lot of these stories can do that if they're written well yeah yeah, no, almost every time I'm like, okay, I either need to see some minis or make some myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, today we're going to yeah. be reading two stories. Um, we got Watch Station Onyx written by, um, ooh, who is that written by? Jared. And then we also have, um, what's the other one? We have I, I Am, am Yeah. yeah. By, by BJ Portit. Portish. Sure. 
And also, I have prepared a little something. Uh, like I said, I'm from the Czech Republic, and Mark asked me to read a piece of lore, lore for the K lore, in my native language. So this might I, be fun. Yeah, I can't wait for that little bit. Um, the, I, I used to know this Russian guy who moved from Russia, and he brought all his like Russian 40k codexes and stuff. So like flipping through them in Russian, it was so funny. Like. You know, yeah. some of the words were the same, but a lot of it was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, from what I've seen, uh, it's very different because, like, we even tra translated, like, the emperor to Tsisar, which is the word for emperor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've actually bought just a single 40k book uh, so far, but... Uh, it's in English because I just couldn't stand reading the Czech translations with <laughs> different words. Like, it feels just so weird listening to a lot of lore in English and then just uh, having to switch around the words. Yeah, like, because, you know, the 40K has such a strong, like, vocabulary with its, like, lat pseudo-Latin kind of words and whatever. So to try to translate translate that around would be odd. <laughs> yeah. High Gothic is perfect, and we do not need to change it. <laughs> <laughs> perfect language. <laughs> cool. Yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, dive in, and I'll read this first story, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. Mm -hmm. Watch Station Onyx. This is a piece based on a game called Warhammer 40k. It is written from the perspective of Inquisitor Xanathar. Nothing of this happens in the game, but it is a story behind the force I play on tabletop. I looked out onto the world of Gorhoria, Goralia. Man, some words just fucking suck, whether they're in <laughs> English or not. A paradise word, world. With its perfect blue seas and dark green jungle, it would have been a perfect scene, except for the horrible green menace lurking just out of sight. After the last orc wog, the masses of greenskins had moved into the moved in and colonized the jungles of the paradise world, putting the nearby civilian worlds in danger of invasion. I was here with Captain Walker Walkeris of the Watch Station Onyx to assess and destroy the threat to the sector. Walkeris' black power armor was adorned with medals from his previous combats with the Astral Hunters chapter. He was here with 26 other Marines, full a full half of his watch company, to aid us in reclaiming this world. I was debating sending a team of my associates to the surface to discover how far the infestation had reached. But Walkeris had, had suggested that we send a Death Watch kill team down instead. With the sole purpose of infiltration, Walkeris collected five Marines from his company. I was surprised at this as I thought he would need more to be able to survive the, on the planet below. But then he explained, Sergeant Samson was of the Raven Wing, able to conceal himself anywhere at any time. Ignatus is the heavy weapons expert, hailing, sun, hailing from the Sons of Fire. His preferred weapon is the Heavy Flamer. Alexander was a black shield, but has since proven his tactical ability in guerrilla warfare, and Abaddon as their spiritual man, hailing from the Ultramarines and living his life by the Codex Astartes. What about the Codiceer? I inquired. Even the mighty Space Marines need some help, psychic help every once in a while, don't they? He responded with a hint of sarcasm. After five minutes, a small force had made planetfall. Soon after, they were moving towards the target. 
Sir, are we broadcasting? Samson asked. Loud and clear, Sergeant, Walker has responded. You have 10 minutes before the orcs will detect your presence. At that point, silence is out the window. Kill as many as you can and get to the extract before they get you. The team was moving quick through the thick green vegetation. They were following the banks of the river that would lazily that wound lazily through the forest. They encountered no signs of infestation. Crack! A small red ball-shaped object fell out of the tree. It then sprouted two legs, jumped into the river, and was swept downstream. Sir, did, did you see that? Ignatius asked. I did, Samson replied. Lock and load, boys. There's fungus ahead. Ignatius, take point. Everyone else, form up on me. The rest of the squad quickly pulled out their bolters, making their way deeper into the jungle. After 10 minutes of watching the vibrant jungle flora being touched, torched and cut down with the occasional break to obliterate orc scout parties, they reached their target. Sir, we are approaching the target area. Do you wish us to press forward? Samson asked. After looking at me for confirmation, Walker replied, proceed, but prepare, proceed, but prepare for contact. Samson and his squad moved forward, but even though the through the Vox set, I heard his exclamation. An enormous emerald Egyptian-style pyramid rose into view. Scans indicate the pyramid is of dynastic origin, although the dynasty is unknown. I dreaded encountering Necron here, the Egyptian-style warfare precise and deadly. Requesting uh, exfiltration, Samson's voice recalled me in recalled me into my body. You have done enough, Captain. Get your men out of there. I address him. I will port this to the Ordo Xenos. Your help is greatly appreciated. Likewise, Inquisitor, Walker has responded, turning away. Just remember, Death Watch will always be watching. He said as he disappeared into the darkness. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, think that it needs a up. I need to see battle that is coming yeah like yeah the... a little bit more conflict um like yeah he kind of said yeah they they engaged in some orc scouting parties but come on we need some bolter for it yeah uh also it would be interesting to see uh, like what comes straight after this story which is probably going to be a three-way fight between the death watch and the inquisition uh, yeah. versus, versus orcs and necrons because like <laughs> Everybody is going to be fighting everybody. Yeah, it's going to be chaos just... on that planet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think that it said that it used to be a paradise world. Well, yeah. not anymore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, this is kind of cool. Like, uh, Death Watch was one of those armies that, like, I feel like, yeah, they're the perfect kill team. They were originally made for, like, kill team operations and, like, I love yeah, the whole concept yeah. of there's this watch fortress and they're, they're always watching, as they say. And they might not be doing the heavy lifting of the actual warfare and stuff. You know, they they go scout. They know what then they need to bring. Okay, can we deal with this ourselves? Do we have to call in outside resources? Now, you know, there's a Necron tomb world, so they're going to have to. Yeah. Ah, okay. it's back on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to just start again with uh, the Abaddon kind of segue thing, I'll, I'll cut and edit that. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, 
what I actually find kind of weird is that uh, he's when he was talking about his Death Watch Marines, he said that Abaddon is their spiritual man, and I personally feel like it's kind of uh, not in, accepted yeah. by the Inquisition to proclaim the leader of the Chaos uh, Space Marine forces uh, <laughs> yeah. as your spiritual man. Well, like I, I, yeah, I just picture this like edgy uh human on some backwater planet in the 500 worlds of ultramar and he's like oh i'm going to name my child abaddon like it how does that happen how is he not declared a heretic like he's just some edge lord out yeah. there like <laughs> no but actually i i see this funny image in my head that they're like on this ship above the planet and they're the dead wash marines are like talking about their spiritual man abaddon and the inquisitor <laughs> is just st standing in the corner with a notepad just writing down yeah, stuff. his hand slowly <laughs> going closer to his bolt pistol <laughs> <laughs> no i think that he would realize that he didn't stand a chance with, with the bolt pistol he would just be scribbling down yeah. notes <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Send help. Send help. Send help. <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting choice of name. I, I would uh, probably change that too. Um, yeah, it was interesting. This story it was short. It provided, like you said, like now I want to hear a part two. I want to see where this goes. Um, it, my, my feedback is I think it was written kind of clunky and pretty kind of. I don't I, I I try not to make fun of people's like writing ability because we all come from different spots and stuff. Um, And, you know, we all are trying yeah. to learn. But definitely it it felt clunky to read. And sometimes it felt like I was in first person. Other times it was third person. And it just kind of didn't flow. Yeah, I can see that. Uh... I feel like it would be cool if it wasn't transitioning as often. If like the intro was in third person, just talking about what is happening, and yeah. then it switched to first person. But like I feel like it's jumping back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was just hard to all of a sudden now the Inquisitor is talking, but he never really lets you know that that like it. Yeah, but that that's such a minor feedback. Like the the bones of the True. story is cool. You got some cool characters. I love when you actually have like your kill team and they all have their names and they all have their lore fucking tight yeah uh yeah like i said i'm only in the kill team so far and like i'm already planning my lore for my kill team i'm playing the vet guard mainly but i did buy a box of inquisition like nice. this week <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm planning to base my lore of like my first ever game like proper game of kill team in which my bruiser bashed an orc knob to death like so yeah. long even though he was so like yeah that that's definitely the main point of the story that's yeah that will be a fun moment to translate into uh onto paper i just imagine on the yeah. tabletop yeah you roll that six and you kill that orc and like yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, what's kind of cool with this too, I I didn't have his mini painted at that moment, so uh, now I kid bashed it. Kind of, it was the same kid, but I cut off his like uh, mace, and I grabbed a spare last gun, and I switched his mace for the last gun, and now he, <laughs> now the last gun is bloody, and I just made it look like he bashed him to death with a last gun. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet i love that yeah i think that you're gonna need to see the minute after this <laughs> yeah yeah i, I definitely will
Uh, yeah, and when you get your lore written up, obviously you gotta come back on and share share it with us. Well, obviously, obviously, there's no other yeah. choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. Thank you for submitting the Watch Station Onyx. It was uh, interesting. Like I said, a little little tune up on the writing style, but the bones are good. Okay, so shall we go to the second story? Yes, sir. Okay, Watch Station Onyx. Oh, this is it. I have the wrong one open. <laughs> uh, I am waiting by BJ Porsches. The air around her was damp. Avon shivered, feeling the slight breeze all around her. She took in the space. The ground was a dark colored stone. Light was coming from somewhere above her, but for some reason, no matter how hard she tried to locate it, the source always seemed to be just outside her field of view vision. There was no walls, or if there was, she couldn't see them. Nothing was making noise. She started to talk, hearing the heels of her boots clicking on the stone as she investigated her surroundings. She walked for what seemed like hours, and yet no matter what direction she went in, her environment refused to change. In the end, she just stopped and sat down, crossing her legs and interlocking her fingers in her lap. She was here for a reason so she would wait for said reason to show itself. She fo focused her breathing, closed her eyes, and listened. It was subtle, so subtle, in fact, that she didn't notice it was happening for several moments. The air around her became heavy and warm. She opened her eyes and looked about her. Something uh, about the environment had changed, but she couldn't put her finger on what it was, and she felt an odd taste in her mouth that she couldn't identify. Come to me, sister. The voice sounded like it was far away, and yet right in her ear, quiet as the breeze, and yet as loud as crashing waves all at once. She focused further, saying nothing but standing up, uh, uh, saying nothing but standing up and turning slowly around, staring into the void around her, keen to find the source of the voice. Where are you? She said. A rush of wind suddenly swept across her from behind, blowing her long dark hair over her shoulders. Momentarily off guard she spun, raising her arms in front of her, forearms facing out to guard her face. Like Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill bent as a slight angle to cushion against another assault. What she got instead was a door. A simple, rounded, wooden door with a plain black handle set in a, fright, set in a frame made from the same dark stone as the ground. She blinked, eyeing this new apparition with obvious suspicion. There was no wall around this door. It just stood in its frame. She moved to the left and to the right slightly, and uh, could see now a trick of the light or and could see now trick of the light or angles there was no room behind the door only more of the environment she was already in here i am the voice spoke to her again coming from everywhere at once but undisputedly coming from behind the door 
Why must you play these games? Why not show yourself? She called out, losing her composure briefly before collecting herself. She would not allow herself to be controlled this way. That was when they started playing. Soft music, pervading through the closed door and making its way into her head like an unwelcome thought. She instinctively stepped back in a vain attempt to escape its clutches, but it was too late. Without realizing it, she had walked up to the door and had her hand clasped around the handle. One last moment of resistance, but it didn't matter. Impossibly silently, with an almost enticing grace, the door opened for her. The ground on the other side of the door was different. It was flatter, cleaner, featureless, with no breaks in the surface or no signs of manufacture. In fact, it wasn't. if it wasn't for the reflection of the lit braziers on the now visible walls, she would have thought she, there was no ground at all. The middle of the new room and uh, the far end of it were obscured to her. The, the light around the uh, edges unable to manage the darkness that con congregated there. The music had not cleansed, never wavering from the soft, alluring tone that has uh, led her to the door. No, not to the door, through the door. She became dumbly aware that she had passed through the doorway and into the room, but couldn't remember uh, walking through it, through it herself. She noticed that her feet didn't make any sound on this new floor. In fact, she couldn't hear the crackling of the flames on the walls either. The only sound was the music, and the music was all around her. She felt her body come to a halt just a few meters into the room. She stood awkwardly, feeling uncomfortable and yet unable to remedy her situation. She tried to think, to remember why she was there, but no thoughts came to her, words and images unable to form in her mind. She tried to move her head and take in her surroundings, but realized she couldn't. She was caught in some kind of paralysis trend, paralyzing trance, able to see everything in front of her and yet not able to at the same time. That changed up in an instant. In the time it took for her to blink, the room suddenly exploded into sharp focus. The light so bright and yet not too much that she felt the need to shield her vision. Her eyes able to move and see everything before her with ease and what she saw made her want to recoil an object horror. The music had never stopped, never changed tempo or volume the whole time it had been playing, and now she was looking at its source. Ten men and women of the Monkai were before her in varying poses, all naked and all of them alive, despite their veins, arteries, bones, muscles and skin having been rearranged to resemble the string instruments playing the music. She could not look away. Horrified, uh, she studied and uh, the tortured souls before her, watching as the perverse things uh, ma made born of their insights, creating the hauntingly beautiful melodies invading her ears. The music now appeared louder, steadily increasing in volume the more she started uh, until she could take it no longer. She fell to her knees, not, not even noticing the supernatural hold uh, her not even noticing that the supernatural hold on her had relented. She screamed a noiseless scream, mouth appendage and vocal cords burning from the exertion. 
her eyes settle on the moon guy in the middle of them all. A young female, female, uh, her, her her eyes a deep blue, tears formed into the corners. Uh, their eyes locked. She was helpless. Then the music stopped. In its place, a deafening silence descended as the monkai once again blinked out of her existence as quickly as they had come. She remained on her knees, her arms limped at her sides, unwilling to move even if she could summon the strength and will in order to them to. She stared into the darkness, right into the space where her eyes uh, ha have been. Uh, she thought for a moment that they were still there. The image of those tortured fools burned in the, her own retinas forever. But then they had faded, and she was alone once more. Come to me, big sister. I am waiting. The voice was so sudden and so close that she couldn't help but jump. And within a heartbeat, she was lying, laying crumpled in a heap. She felt the grass around her, smelled the pollen in the air from the nearby flowers, and heard the animals in the nearby forest. Evin, a soft but careful voice, sounded behind her. Uh, she pushed herself up onto her knees, and then carefully stood up, using a low branch to steady herself. Her eyes were closed tightly, Lightly, but she uh, still waved off the attempt to help her, knowing he'd have stepped forward rather than sensing it. Worry not, my friend. I am fine, she croaked, opening her, her eyes and looking directly at him. Irasel stood before her, unhelmed and hair undone, the gentle breeze toying with the ends against the pastel blue armor of his uniform. He watched her with a look of concern, not quite believing what she uh, said. She noticed his hand resting onto the scabbard of his uh, fire saber. Irasel, I am fine, she smiled softly at him, staring directly into his eyes. A, sh a flash of the Monkai girl came, uh, came to the fore in her mind as she did so, but uh, was quickly pushed away. She hoped that she has had banished it without showing any outward sign. If Irasel noticed anything, he didn't show it. Instead, watching her for a few more moments before t taking his hand off his sword. Starting to feel better now, Avin uh, left her perch on the branch and walked towards him. We must go now. Natra has shown me where she is, she told him. Yes, Farseer, we are ready to leave when you are. Irasel nodded. Uh, very good, Irasel. Then let us depart. I don't want her to slip away again. Avin moved past him, regaining the elegance in her walk as she did so. He turned and watched her walk, then said something that made her stop dead in her tracks. She used mu music this, ti this time, didn't she? Uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kristen. Uh... Uh, so my feedback for you is how the fuck can you read better than me? Um, it's not your native uh, tongue. What does that mean about me? Uh, I don't know, but I, <laughs> it was, it was like, uh, probably nicer to read than the last one, just because yeah. it didn't switch, uh, between the, like, person. But, yeah. like, there were, uh, so, so, like, a lot of mistakes that, like, uh, 
there was like lightly closed and tightly closed. I read it as tightly, but <laughs> I realized it was right lightly. <laughs> and then I uh, continued the, the story and it was like she opened her eyes. And I was like, so she did have it tightly closed. And there was like was uh, yeah. was and stuff, but like I pushed through it. Oh yeah, that, uh, that's all you can do at the end of the day. It's just hold back and yeah. push through. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, very cool story. Like, I love the mystery of like what the heck is happening in it, and like, you know, exactly. as you get deeper in it, like it, you kind of clear up the picture of maybe what's happening, and then really at the last, the third last sentence, it really firms up. Oh, this was a farseer having some type of like vision of the future, or you know, some type of psychic vision of you know perhaps what's going to happen to her craft world if they don't do X or. You know, whatever that may be. Yeah, I am gonna be honest. For like the first half of the story, I thought this was uh this was a Battle Sisters story because just like I didn't have any clue that this was Eldari. Yeah, but yeah. when uh, she said there was there were ten Monkai, I immediately knew knew that she was Eldar, and like it did make sense. Yeah, no, I still... I liked it like. Because even even yeah. in that trance-like state, like I like the confusion that uh, the main character is feeling, and how that yeah, it does translate on us as well. I think it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, I r really like it too. Uh, I think we definitely need more though. Like this was definitely a great start, but not enough. Like okay, so what exactly was that vision? We need to know now. We need that second part of them getting to yeah, these ten people. This just this just feels as a beginning chapter to a book. You exactly. Could, like, I swear that I've read something very similar to this. Just like <laughs> uh, as an uh, intro to a book that it was like the thing that makes you hooked. You know, yeah. the yeah. mystery and stuff. And it's very good. Uh, mm. Yeah, I like too. I like. Uh, just the music and how it's like bleeding into the story and stuff. Um, I've talked before about how using ChatGPT when I edited some of my lore, how it picked out I was only using uh, visual descriptors, but this was cool. Like you get the audio descriptor. There's even some like touch and uh, texture things where she walks into mm -hmm. the door and she doesn't feel her feet anymore and stuff like that. Like very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh what I I think you might have heard me laugh a bit during the reading because it repeated a lot of stuff like she could see but she couldn't yeah, there was yeah. a light but there wasn't and like it it happened so many times that I just couldn't stop but to giggle a bit <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a dream state for you uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but it's it's really cool yeah and like uh... I said it with the last one, uh, I'm actually interested in Eldar now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do a great job of sucking you in. Uh, yeah. And they did a great job of making like, oh, don't like that part where they're describing the musical instruments and the senyu of the tendons are being used yeah. as strings and like, oh. Yeah. I, when I heard like music, because at that moment I was still imagining Battle Sister, I thought it was like some choir, choirs and violins and like yeah. uh, those like big pipe, church pipes. I don't know what they're called, but like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when she started describing the uh, tortured uh, monkai or people, uh, I immediately went like, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, but I was still imagining the choir music, but like it, I imagined it like drifted and became like you you hear it in horror movies, like the record starts scratching and stuff, and like mm-hmm. it becomes um, becomes imperfect and creepy and like yeah, that, the that singing helped. almost becomes screaming. You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> um, I uh, guess my final thought about this is like I feel like there's it's going in three directions potentially, and I'm curious if I'm right about it. Like, is it Drukari doing the torturing, or maybe it's some type of slanish demon practicing music? Or my final thought would be maybe it's some type of almost like I don't want to say chaos harlequins but some type of harlequin war band that went a little weird with their performance my thought is that it's like a story of uh, eldari sisters which one of them is like normal eldari and one of them is drukari Mm. or like one of them joined drukari because like you have that like she is looking for her sister and she said that i am behind this door or like Maybe she was actually the woman uh, who she, whose eyes she saw, but I doubt yeah. that kind of because she was described as a monkai. Uh, but yeah, I actually feel like it could be a really cool story if it were mm-hmm. like uh, one Drukari, one Eldari sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. And yeah, no, I like it. Very cool. Like, like it just gets your mind racing. Um, any other yeah. thoughts on it? Um, not really. It's just awesome, and we need another <laughs> continuation. I've I've already emailed them saying, "Hey, we demand more." So I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, and maybe like at the end, I can now read the Czech version of the Horus Heresy book, yeah. or like a piece of it. Get into it. I wonder if like I should have prepared like the English version because no nobody will understand <laughs> what I'm even talking about. It's about the flavor and the vibe of it, you know. We'll yeah, maybe 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 I should say like uh, at least uh, what book it was. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what <right>. was happening? <laughs> okay, so here it comes. Viděl jsem to, říkával ještě, než přišly mnohem pochmurnější časy. Viděl jsem, jak Horus zabil císaře. Znělo to uchvacně pompézně a jeho druhové se už pro samotnou zrádnost těch slov vždycky dávali do smíchu. Byla to dobrá historka. K, k vyprávění ho většinou přemluvil Trogadon, vyhlášený vtipálek proslulý svým burácivým svíchem a všemi těmi pitomými kousky, které prováděl. A Lokem se vždycky zase nechal přesvědčit, a pustil se do příběhu, který už se po tolika opakováních vyprával skoro sám. Uh, should I continue? Like, I think that gives just... us the vibe of it. Man, uh, yeah. you got a beautiful voice. Don't want to be gay, but fuck, man. Beautiful language over there. Uh, I mean, like, when I uh, opened the Zoom meeting, you were shirtless. So. <laughs> <laughs> And now, I'm... now I'm hitting on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Lorehammer yeah. for you. The touches are real. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm halfway across the world and I can feel them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. Well, that's a fantastic episode. Uh, if you guys want to read your lore in your native native tongue, uh, I'd love to have you on and hear it. What's a cool sounding language? Who knows? We'll find out.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tonda, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, hopefully you get your, your lore written up sooner than later. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Adios. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.